This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. This time at 8am, the usual time of our morning shows, of course. But in the reaction shows, we look back at the last Arsenal fixture. And yesterday evening, Arsenal overcame what was on paper supposed to be, and with respect, me thinking more of a challenge than potentially we we got last night. Uh, but a glimpse, the Norwegian side who, by the way, have some of the best fans you will ever see. Um, They were absolutely brilliant. Um, And I think that when it comes down to that kind of atmosphere, I am curious to see what happens when we go to Norway next week and how that stadium is. Because if that's what their away fans are capable of, it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere uh, in Norway next week, and I look forward to it. Um, also, good morning, of course, to everybody joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Matt G, good morning to you, to Olu, to Stephen. Uh, good morning to David and Marcus and Kaiser and Martin. Uh, Blackshine, good morning to you, to Anthony uh, and Anne. Good morning to Temi and Perez and Paul as well. Hope you're having a fantastic day as always. We're going to get straight into things. Let's First of all, tell you, uh, Football Prizes has again paired with TGT to bring you some fabulous prizes over the next eight weeks. Uh, this week's prize, which ends on Tuesday, the 11th of October, is a signed William Saliba uh, shirt, which is framed. There's also an opportunity to win as many as nine instant win prizes as well, including a signed Tony, Az- Tony Adam custom framed Arsenal shirt and a Takahiro Tomiyasu signed and framed Arsenal shirt, as well as other shirts, other gift vouchers, and stuff like that. So uh, do make sure you get involved. Link to that is in today's video description. Uh, it was my first time in the Emirates Arsenal press box. Uh, I have been, obviously, uh, at the Old Trafford one. That was my first time in the press box in general. But yesterday night was the first time in the Arsenal press box. It was a, 
a brilliant experience. Thank you to, first of all, Kaya Kainak and Football London uh, for making this possible. And Kaya was massively supportive, as you would expect. He's a lovely guy. Uh, and the rest of the Arsenal guys as well that you've come to know, I'm sure, across not only this channel that I've interviewed a few of them on, like Simon Collins and James Benj and Charles Watts, etc., but of course, others as well that are in the group. And yeah, it was a fantastic experience after the game. Um, there was like the mix zone. There was, you know, it was just a really kind, nice atmosphere. And before the game, uh, watching the Man United match in which when they went one nil down, it was funny to see everybody kind of laughing and chuckling at how bad Man United are. Um, now, it was a dominant display uh, last night. I really was very, um, what's the word? Uh I was overridingly pleased with what I saw, with dominance from start to finish. In, as I said earlier on in the show, you know, a game in which I thought but a glimpse were going to be a side that were going to be like the, the Marcelo Bielsa's leads of this world. I was always told that that's what they were like, but I think it was more down to Arsenal's control and stranglehold on the game that but a glimpse were really never able to, to get into it as much. I know they had a couple of opportunities at the start of the second half, but Arsenal's control of the game was just so strong and so kind of, you know, um, dominant that we just weren't, that, you know, Berdeglimp just were not able to in any way get back into the fixture. Uh, I loved what I saw from Kieran Tierney. I loved what I saw from Granit Xhaka. I loved what I saw from, even from, you know, Sambi Klokolokonga kept the, the play ticking over and moving as best as feasibly possible as well. Tommy Yasu played well. You know, I thought there were some really strong performances. Not everybody had the best of games, but in particular, one player, Fabio Vieira, with a goal and an assist, did shine once again. Now, Mikel Arteta actually got angry with uh, with Vieira in the first half uh, from the touchline because he wasn't pressing, he wasn't tracking back as much as he wanted to, he wasn't applying as much energy as he wanted him to, and he did certainly improve that, hence why he stayed on and didn't get taken off in the early in the second half, and we'll talk about that. But for me, Fabio Vieira is a player that we obviously need to see more of in a Premier League setting, in a more competitive setting, because he has the quality to absolutely compete with those starting players. Seeing him and Martin Odegaard on the field at the same time was almost a bit of a cheat code uh, for Arsenal because there was just so much creativity by this point that Berdeglim just could not handle the amount of quick passing, quick movement and little interchanges of play that we've come to expect from these two multiplied by two when they're both on the field. So... You know, Fabio Vieira, absolutely brilliant. Uh, and I look forward to seeing him get more opportunities in the Premier League as well. And by the way, his goal, Gabriel Jesus performs one of the best assists that you will see. Brilliant technical uh, dribbling, confidence and awareness to lay the ball back to Vieira. It ended up being a relatively easy, I say relatively easy because actually it's quite a, still a difficult finish because you've got to try and place it in the goal when none of the Verda Glimp players can block it. But it was a brilliant piece of play by Jesus who came on and just looks like a player every time he wants to step on the field to try and score and, and did brilliantly well. Uh, now Marquinhos didn't have the best of games. Uh, for me, Marquinhos is of course a player who when we consider what was going on in the summer, he came in for like no money. It was a surprise signing out of nowhere. We didn't think we were going to be getting a player like Marquinhos. And we didn't think certainly that he was going to be getting as many opportunities as he has done already in the Europa League and the Premier League. Because he came on in that game against Brentford, of course, too. I, you know, he didn't have the game that he had, let's say, against Zurich. He's, he, he was kind of frustrated at times on that right-hand side. He wasn't able to get past his players as much as he liked. His crossing still was was okay. You know, he got the ball into dangerous areas. 
And actually, Arteta ended up getting very frustrated with him in the first half again because he wasn't supporting Vieira as much as he needed to on the right-hand side. And that's just going to come with time. He's a young guy. You know, you're not going to expect the most excellent of performances from a guy like him every game. And these are the types of performances that he will hopefully learn from. But, you know, Marquinhos still, if we're going off what he's done for the club so far in the Zurich game in particular, we know the talent this guy has. We know that he can do the basics really well when he applies himself. But it wasn't particularly surprising to see him substituted early in the second half. But, you know, I, and it's not about, and Alistair says here, I thought Marquinhos was, wasn't was that bad. I liked his energy. And this isn't to say he was bad. I just thought he had a, he was struggling more than he did in the game against Zurich, you know, and I think that's fair. I think sometimes we're such a binary fan base at times. So I say, you know, I think a player struggled and all of a sudden people think, oh, Tom's criticizing him thinking he's awful. I'm not saying he was that bad. I just think in the context of the game, he was the one that struggled more than most on the field and that will come with development and that comes down to the fact that he's still inexperienced. He will learn and get better, I'm sure. Tinney was fantastic, but was substituted in the second half and I found that interesting. I was surprised it wasn't, say, Gabriel that was brought off in the game. And maybe one of the reasons why Tini was brought off is a bit of a hint that he might be starting the game against Liverpool on Sunday. Zinchenko was not present in training this week. He wasn't present in training um, uh, yesterday either. And he wasn't present on the bench for the game yesterday. So with that in mind, potentially Kieran Tini may be in for a start against Liverpool if Zinchenko is not deemed fit. Uh, there is a training session, I believe, today and tomorrow, and then we'll have to find out, of course, whether or not he'll be available. Whether Mikel Arteta doing his press conference, we'll get, obviously, reactions from that as soon as we have that, but we need to wait and see whether or not Zinchenko will be involved. But Tini being substituted is potentially a hit. Oh, I need to change. I've somehow managed to spell Enketia's name wrong. <laughs> That's what happens when you make shows at 8am or 7am in the morning. There we go. Um, but Enketia... I thought his goal, you know, shows him being once again in the right place at the right time. Fantastic piece of play uh, from our young, well, I say young England youth international. He's now, what, 22, 23 years of age? He's growing up quickly, but he was in the right place at the right time. And that's what you need him to be because it was a shot from what? I think, was it Xhaka uh, who shot, or Tini who shot it was? And it just cannons off the post and eventually falls straight to him. And, you know, <laughs> he just needs to be there and control it. We've seen many a player sky those opportunities or hit their shots wide. He just had an easy job of slotting it into the back of the net. What I would say is that he had that chance in the second half that he hit over the bar. That's the type of opportunity that you can tell separates him from, say, Jesus. In those moments, Jesus tends to just, like, clip the ball over the goalkeeper and into the back of the net. Whereas Nketiah, I think, just lacked a little bit of composure. His eyes lit up. He leant back and didn't take the right shooting type uh, chance in that moment. So a little bit more composure, and I think he'll end up being fine. Um, moving forwards, uh, Turner, of course, keeping a clean sheet. Now, I spoke to Matt Turner after the game, along with the other uh, Arsenal reporters. That will be out uh, in terms of the interview a little bit later on this afternoon. Um, but he was very, you know, very positive about his situation. And ultimately, he kept a clean sheet. Yes, his distribution's not as good um, as, as what Ramsdale's is. He still had some moments where, you know, he was clearly being encouraged to play it short. Yes, it's a bit nervy. Yes, it's a bit like, you know, heart and mouth situation because we haven't got that same belief and confidence in Turner that we do have in Ramsdale. But I want to see him 
improving that distribution. I want to see him being more confident when under pressure. That's the only way that he's going to improve. So yes, whilst I may want to tear the skin off of myself sometimes when he's like ah at the back you know I want him to be able to do those things because it will make me more confident in him it will make me more improve um you know just calmer about the situation you're never going to feel a hundred percent confident with a backup goalkeeper it's just nearly impossible to have that I remember last season when Leno came in in the Aston Villa game that I felt nervous about Leno coming in and Leno was absolutely fine and you know a very good goalkeeper and yet I still had that psychological kind of nerve to make me feel as though you know is this really is, is it really worth being that kind of worried frustrated anxious about and it ended up being fine Turner actually made some really good saves in this game there was a couple of really high quality reaction saves that he made his shot stopping I don't think is you know something I need to be worried about it's always going to be that distribution but at the end of the day it's a backup goalkeeper He's, a, he's, he's not our starting keeper. And whoever is a, is a backup keeper and not the starting option for any team, there's a reason why they're not. Because they're not as good as the first one. So you're always going to feel more nervous about that. So there you go. Matty Gunner says, Tom, I think Turner would become a great goalkeeper, but with more game time. There are minor details that he needs to work on, but there's a good goalkeeper in there somehow. Um, Dave says, I thought his distribution was one of his key strengths when we bought him. I don't know if this is kind of a misconception that's grown, because I was told this as well, Dave. You know, I was told that he was a fair distributor of the ball, but I potentially maybe it's just the, the, the step up in level, the positioning of players that's different now. Uh, Alistair says, I think he looks clumsier than he actually is. I think there is, again, a psychological barrier for a lot of fans with Turner and they're just expecting him to be a bit more clumsier. But uh, I think he was fine. I think he had a good game and I look forward to seeing more opportunities given to him in the future. Uh, Nelson, I thought, really impressed coming off of the bench. Uh, sprightly, energetic, direct, uh, wanted to take players on, wanted to get involved. If this is the type of performance that we're going to see from Nelson from the bench, then great. You know, bring him on in games. Let him be that little pocket rocket that we need a player to come off the bench and be. I like that. He needs to prove that he's got a place at this Arsenal club, this Arsenal team. I don't personally see that happening still. But whilst he's got something to prove, bring him off the bench. And if you need to give him those opportunities and we need that depth of cover, great. Use that to the best of our ability. Um, but yeah, I was really happy with what I saw coming off the bench. I would have liked to have seen him potentially come off the bench earlier so we have more of a chance to get into the game sooner. But from what I saw, you know, I thought he was very good indeed. Now, despite all of this, Mikel Arteta wasn't particularly happy, not only throughout the game, but also in his post-match press conference. He wants more from his team. And, you know, that's completely fair. It's completely fair that he wants to see more from his team, more from the game. But he didn't particularly seem overjoyed. Uh, he was asked about on what we could have done better in the game. And he said, we had spells where we were too rushed and we didn't win enough duels. We didn't manage the ball well enough when we won it back. So it became a really open game with a lot of transitions. Uh, and you have to, uh, And you have the result in your hand and you need to manage the game better. We didn't put 10 or 15 passes together enough times in the game to try and get the ball in the final third. We were really effective in the final third and looked a threat. But in terms of composure and sometimes the time in between the units, because they haven't played together much, some levels were lacking a little bit. And in football timing, 
is everything. Uh, and I think that's fair, you know, and it is a change team. It is a team that's not necessarily played together as much as what we've seen of other sides, especially the, the team that beat Spurs, especially the team that's going to play against Liverpool. So you aren't going to get those same levels of composure and cohesiveness between the players because they've not played together. That was the first time I think that back four had played together. So I, I'm not sure whether or not we will... Was it the first time? Maybe that was the team that played against Zurich. Certainly if Cedric had come in, it would have been the first time we would have seen that team play if Tommy Asu was instead of Gabriel. But look, I, I think that it's not something we can be concerned about at this stage. It's going to be a rotated team. There's going to be kind of clogginess, I suppose is a good word. It's just not going to be as free-flowing and smooth as what we've come to expect from our first team. That's always going to happen when you make eight changes to the starting lineup. It was still a really good performance. We still dominated things and we still were able to absolutely batter Boda Glimpse in the end. Anyway, uh, that brings us to an end of part one, which means we're going to move to part two and take some of your questions from the chat box after this short break. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey guys, Tom Canton from the Guna Talk here. A massive thank you to everybody that has voted for us in the Football Content Awards. We have been nominated for the best club content creator in the Premier League to vote. And yes, we still need your votes because after being nominated, we now need to push through to try and get even further than the third place that we got last year. To do that, you can go over to the Football Content Awards website. You scroll down the page and you can find at the bottom of that a little link that says voting page. You go down to the best club content creator category and select the Guna Talk after you've done that. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, click vote now, and it's all locked in. You can also vote on Instagram. We're going to the FCA's Instagram page. Find the best club content creator Premier League category and tag at the Guna Talk in that profile. And lastly, you can also vote on Twitter. Just go to www.votefortgt.com and it will create the tweet for you. It's as simple as that. A massive thank you to everybody that's already voted and for those that are going to. We really appreciate it. Come on, you Gunas. Yes, you can indeed vote for us in the Football Content Awards. Uh, so all the links are down in the description. And of course, if you haven't already entered the competition to win the signed William Saliba shirt, make sure you go and check out the link in the description. Opportunity to win not just that, but plenty of other brilliant prizes as well. Let's jump into the chat and answer some of your questions. Terry says, do you know what's going on with Ainsley Maitland-Niles at Southampton? Haven't heard, a ma- uh, heard much about him recently. What's going on is that 
he's just not playing all that much. I think he started their last game, but then was brought up fairly soon in the second half. He's just not, for me, a player that's going to be of Arsenal quality ever in the future. It's a shame because we used to really like Mainsley. Um, and for me, uh, when it comes down to a player like that, I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, is the honest answer. You know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over us losing Ainsley, Maitland-Niles. Um, let's go to uh, Raj, who says, any left centre-back or midfield option uh, you would like to try from the academy in the Europa League, uh, in those dead rubbers. I mean, it's going to be difficult for there to be dead rubbers at this moment because we have to finish top of the group. It's not just about qualifying for the next round. We have to finish at the top of the group stage table. Because of that, what it means is, is that you move past that round of 32 immediately. If you finish second, you have to play a round of 32 stage against uh, Champions League dropout sides. It's a round that I'm hoping Manchester United end up finishing second because if they end up finishing second, they're going to have a couple more games to play this season against a Champions League dropout who may even knock them out of the Europa League. Fingers crossed that is indeed what happens in Real Sociedad. Just keep on winning. Um, but in terms of the options to play, you know, Matt Smith, I think it'd be great to see an opportunity to him given in midfield. Manieri, of course, who played in the game against Brentford. We'd like to see him given more opportunities and more convincing to sign that brand new contract. Um, but beyond that, not loads. You know, I still think that we should be giving opportunities to players like Vieira, like Marquinhos, and to a lesser extent, like Nelson. We need to keep the fringe players happy. And we need to keep the momentum going. There's no point just chucking in a load of youth players and then losing a game against a team that are going to beat you. You know, but a glimpse, PSV, Zurich have shown their quality in each of the games that they have played still. And they will be a side that is massively rotated. So, and they might need the points, remember. So they're still going to be fighting for those points come the end of the group. We need to keep that momentum moving forwards as much as we can. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, would you chance putting Partey in midfield next week as we're away and he will need to get another win? Next week's game is going to be trickier. The reason why I wouldn't play Partey is because we're going to be playing on an artificial pitch. I have no no willingness at all to, you know, to risk Thomas Partey on an artificial pitch whatsoever. Uh, Jay says, surely Arteta not being happy is a good thing. As we've been saying for years, Arsenal players are soft because the team is too laid back. It absolutely is, Jay. You know, I'm not complaining about Arteta being frustrated and, and annoyed after the game. I want our manager to be annoyed. I saw a really interesting stat today. Apparently, Mikel Arteta is the most successful manager in terms of win rate in the club's history. Uh, he's got more than 50% of a win rate. I can't remember. I saw the statistic um, but that popped up on my timeline this morning. Um, but yeah, apparently, <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, let me try and find it. Mikel Arteta has a 54.7% win rate or something like something close to that. Uh, it's something ridiculous and it's made him the, have the most successful win rate or something. Uh, in, in his, I need to find the actual stat where it came from. It could be someone trolling, <laughs> for all I know, because I read it and I was like, nah, surely not. Surely that can't be true, but. Uh, apparently, indeed, it is. Maybe someone can go and grab it for me if they can find it. Uh, let's go to American, who says, Mauro, I don't think so. Uh, Partey's groin was his consistent issue. Uh, this is the first surgery that he's had on it, uh, as though they let it heal correctly. He should be fine by the new... Oh, I think we're talking more about Smith-Rowe as well, of course, who's, who's out injured too. So Smith-Rowe being injured is a frustration. He should be back in training by December, but that means he probably won't be involved until January. 
Harry says Sambi doesn't receive and turn and doesn't run at any kind of intensity. Is disappointing. Just my opinion. Um, I think once you kind of mold an opinion around a player, it's difficult to kind of get out of that. I do see Lukonga turn with the ball. I mean, I'll be going back and watching the clips today from the game and I'll happily send some across to you, Harry, to show that he does do that. But he plays a lot like a player that's not really playing that often in the sense that he doesn't want to do that much wrong. So when he receives the ball, yes, he might turn and spin sometimes, but it's more about keeping your pass percentages high and making sure that you're keeping the play ticking over. He needs to get out of that. It's not an excuse for him to to, to have that, especially at his, his age now, because he's not, you know, 20. He's going on turning 23 soon. We need to make sure that he's in a position whereby he's, he's playing more confidently, he's dribbling with the ball more confidently. But when you go to Old Trafford, make a couple of mistakes as a young player, we lose, and then gets absolutely battered by everybody after the game. You know, he's, he was going to make mistakes. It was going to happen. And let's be real, the mistakes that he made during those games a lot happened after the actual mistake was made. It's not just on him in those moments. But we're so quick, I think, sometimes as Arsenal fans to absolutely just kill a player, just just ruin their reputation and just cast them off. And that's really frustrating at times. Like, nope, not good enough. Nope, can't give him an opportunity. Lukonga showed last season his quality. And this year, when he's been thrown into the, the deep end, he did really well against Aston Villa. It wasn't as great against Man United, although that said, outside of those two mistakes, I still thought he was good in that game. But we're so quick to try and knock the confidence of our own players, especially like Turner. Matt Turner's another one. Like The amount of times I see public comments, public tweets, just bashing Turner for no reason whatsoever, it's frustrating. We need to be measured, but we need to be also at the same time grounded in our views about certain players and have an understanding of why the players are where they're at. If you're not playing for weeks, then you just get thrown into the deep end and all of a sudden you don't have a 10 out of 10 performance. That's not all that surprising. Players need to be given consistency. We saw that last season with Eddie Nketiah. When he was coming off the bench for 10, 15 minutes, wasn't really showing what he was capable of. Give him a run of games, see what he can do, and we have seen what you can do, that's for sure. Uh, let's go scrolling down the chat box a little bit more. Owen says, Vieira's looking like a natural in that team. Always looks calm on the ball and balls into the box are class. We've got ourselves a talent there. Absolutely. Wes Bird says, after watching the team's performance last night, who in your humble but accurate opinion might have a chance to start against Liverpool on Sunday? Uh, obviously, Xhaka. Um, I think obviously Gabriel because they're already in the starting lineup, but Tierney, I think, is the key one. Uh, Zinchenko's fitness is still in question, so Tierney for me seems to be the key one. But beyond that, I don't think you'll see too much change. It'll be Ramsdale, it'll be White, it'll be Saliba, Gabriel, Tierney, I think, will probably come in with Zinchenko's fitness in question. Partey, Xhaka, Odegaard, Saka, Gabriel Jesus, and Martinelli, who also started and did well last night, too. Uh, Will says, Nketiah looks like an unhappy player last night when he was subbed off. Not sure his attitude is really there. Uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is when a player's mentality or attitude is questioned when they're taken off and they look sad. I don't mean to like dig you out here, Will. <laughs> it's not my intention because you certainly are not the only person that says this. But a player looking unhappy when they're substituted is never, ever something to be critical of, ever. Because why would you be happy? Why would you want to come off? You know, I'd be gutted being taken off the field, you know, especially when he'd missed that chance as well. He just wants to play. He wants to score goals. 
he's going to be unhappy when he comes off. That's fine. I've got no issue with a player not being happy when they're brought off the field. No issue whatsoever. I think it's something that gets way overanalyzed, way looked at far too deeply. I think it's absolutely fine. Um, Lynn says, Tom, I've just Googled it, and Mikel has got a 57.3% win rate in his short career. Yeah, amazing. Brilliant stuff indeed. Uh, let's go to Kuhl, uh, who says, Tommy's left foot was very good. Do you think he's a better option than Gabriel on that left-sided centre-back? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. No, Gabriel is fine. I know he's made a couple of mistakes, but he's fine. Tommy Asu hasn't worked his way into the team just yet. Gabriel has been fine. And part of a team that are top of the league. Why are we still trying to replace players in our starting eleven at the moment? We don't have to. We don't need to. We're top of the table. Let's be appreciative of what team we have so far. Uh, Ian says, but this is on the club. If they fail to find another midfielder in January to compete with Partey, then Lukonga would be thrown into the deep end. It is very difficult to play that position, and he is very young. He's not very young. You know, he's going to be 23 this season. That's no, that's in this, the world of football, that's not very young. Erdegaard's 23. You know, White's what, 23, 24 now? It's, it's not very young, 23 anymore. I think Lokonga needs to be more consistent. He needs to be better. I don't think you can put the young label alongside him to justify mistakes. I think the reason why you, he makes mistakes is a lack of game time, a lack of consistent game time. That's why he has made those errors. Last season, when he was playing every game up until he was dropped against Man United wrongly because he played so well, he was our best midfielder at the start of last season. He was better than Partey. He was better than Xhaka. And he was doing brilliantly well because he came in off the back of a season at Anderlecht where he played nearly all the games. He was confident. He had something to prove. He came in and he did that. And then he was dropped for ages, was thrown back in against Brighton, ostracised basically with Xhaka playing at left back and he was left exposed in that game with, I think, what, who was playing at the eights? Erdegaard and potentially Smith Rowe. You know, like... That was a really unfair situation to put Lukonga in in that Brighton game last year. And then he was dropped for El Nene. And I just feel for Lukonga. I just don't think he's necessarily been given, not given the opportunity because we shouldn't be a charity. You know, we can't be charitable with opportunities. But I feel for him because I think there are reasons behind why we're not seeing that same consistency from him. Uh, Oli says, hey, Tom, we have Odegaard, Vieira, Xhaka, Patino, Lukonga and Smith Rowe to cover two eight positions. Do you think our priority has shifted to the number six? I, yes, I do. I think that we are looking to try and bring in someone that will play as a competitor to Thomas Partey. Because Lokonga, again, going back to this conversation about Lokonga, he's probably not that player. He's probably not Partey's backup for the long term. I think he has shown that he's more comfortable playing where Granite Xhaka is. And he's currently a bit restricted kind of, you know, where we are right now. Um, and that, for me, I... I can be forgiving of. Uh, so there you go. Um, let's go to uh, Doug No, who says, the problem is Sambi is an eight and we have to play him as a six and we have no backups there. Same situation we had with Xhaka all these years. It's exactly the point I'm trying to make. Absolutely. Patrick says, did you see that Pepe was the match winner with Nice yesterday? No, I didn't. Uh, nice fixtures. Let's have a quick look. He was dropped for the game against PSG. Uh, Slovakko, Nikola Pepe scores in the 54th minute. I'm going to have to go back and watch that game. Um, he played up top. 
is that if that lineup on Google is right, it looks like he played up top. That might not be the team they played in that formation, but interesting. Uh, I'll have to give it a look. Uh, thanks for bringing me uh, the attention to that, Patrick. Uh, let's go to Lynn, who says Lekonga gets nervous in these big games, also because of Partey. He knows he's going to be compared with him all the time. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, I feel like we've gone off on kind of a big Lokonga tangent. The game was great. The performance was great. I was really happy with everything I saw. Yes, there's still room for improvement, but the context around eight changes being made to a team, I think, stands by that. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you guys, as it always is. Please make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. I saw yesterday in the show, of course, that we talked about the fact that only 34% of people that watch the show still aren't subscribed. I had people leaving comments saying, I never realized that I wasn't subscribed. I just get it suggested on my YouTube channel or YouTube kind of app all the time. So if you aren't subbed, check if you're like, you know, check if you are actually indeed subbed because sometimes it just pops up on your feed the next show and you don't even know that you're not getting the shows that you're missing because we do sometimes more than one show a day. And we are going to be doing that this afternoon, 6 p.m. UK time. I'll be joined by some of the members from the Discord server to preview that Liverpool game. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.